You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Thursday, March 18th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith, and we are here to break down the Thursday NHL card. We're standing. Uh, You're talking about three veteran boozers. Three veteran drinkers on the uh, drinking scene uh, after yesterday's St. Paddy's Day bash that we had on yesterday's edition of the Ice Guys show. Uh, You knew we'd be back and ready to roll today. Uh, There's no hangovers when it comes to Alex, Jimmy, and I. Uh, Speaking of Jimmy, he will be joining us later in the show. He's taking care of some media uh, obligations. Uh, Hoping to have Jimmy with us later on in the show. But it is a massive NHL card today. Uh, By the way, thanks to all everyone for tuning in yesterday and giving us all the kind words about yesterday's really fun, uh, hilarious show. Uh, Lots of entertainment. Uh, Of course, we uh, did what we always do, breaking down the games, but that was not your normal Ice Guys show. We had lots of fun, some great St. Patrick's Day stories from Jimmy. Uh, lots of fun, lots of laughs, lots of entertainment. So uh, I think our the best show we've ever done. And we've been doing this show for five years now. Multiple people on the crew, multiple personalities, multiple platforms that we've been on doing this show. And I think that might have been one of the best we've ever done, if not the best we've ever done uh, yesterday. But uh, it's back to business today. Regular style show, uh, breaking down the games. we got nine games on the slate tonight. Supposed to be ten. But we do have a postponement with the uh, Boston Bruins uh, and the Buffalo Sabres uh, postponed tonight uh, due to COVID issues. So uh, that game off the board. The rest of the game's intact. And we'll start as we always do. Top of the rotation, Nashville Predators taking on the Florida Panthers. We have Florida in the minus 210 to minus 220 home favorite range. Total six across the board here. Uh, The Nashville Predators uh, got that one game from Pekka Rene where it seems like he turns back the clock, plays uh, like he did five, ten years ago, and he sure did against Tampa Bay. Let's give him his due. Uh, outstanding performance from Pekka Rene in a very big win for Nashville, 4-1 uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and really snapping the uh, ownage, I guess you could say, that the Tampa Bay Lightning had head-to-head against Nashville. Tampa Bay had just dominated the Predators uh, this year. Uh, Nashville able to get the 4-1 win. I can't say Tampa played poorly or that Nashville played all that great. They got outshot, outchanced. Uh, in all those key uh, categories, but Pecorine made some incredible saves and was probably his best game all year, allowing Nashville to win. So now you have the Predators off a win, and now they're facing another very good hockey team. And uh, you know that as of right now, the uh, uh, Florida, or the sorry, the uh, Nashville Predators are not exactly a team that's won a lot of games in a row or string, uh, been able to string multiple wins together uh, in a row. Uh, So that definitely concerns me a little bit as we uh, go into this game here tonight against Florida, a Panthers team that if you look at their recent results, this offense has just got it going right now. They're getting contributions from 
Uh, they're top six. They're getting even third-line contributions right now uh, down their lineup uh, from Owen Tippett, uh, who's, I think, maybe one of the biggest value goal scorer prop players right now in the NHL. I mean, Owen Tippett, you can get great prices with him, and he's finding a way to score most nights now for the Panthers, playing on a third line. So not only are they getting the big guys, Huberto, Barkov, Verhage, uh, and a lot of those top six forwards playing well, but they're getting depth scoring right now. The defense and goaltending has been solid enough from this Panthers team. And if you look at their recent games, they've scored four goals or more in the majority of their recent games. Their team total right here tonight sits at three and a half. And that is my single favorite bet here uh, on this game tonight with the Predators uh, and the Panthers. I like Florida team total uh, over three and a half uh, minus 110 uh, in this game. I think the Panthers get to four goals. Nashville might contribute offensively a little bit too. I've been impressed with even with the Yossi injuries or Yossi injury on the blue line, a couple guys banged up there, a couple other uh, forwards out. They've got a lot of youth now on this team, but they're really playing hard. Maybe they can get on the scoreboard. I do lean to the full game over. I actually do have a small bet on that as well, but definitely feel better and more and stronger about the team total with the Florida Panthers. I like that one quite a bit. Florida team total. Over three and a half, minus 110. Uh, Alex, anything for you here between Nashville and Florida? No, that's the closest thing I would come to playing would be the the Panthers team total over. Like I said, we're getting to that point now in the season where uh, these teams that are falling off to the bottom of, the, of their respective divisions, uh, you know, they're going to be heavy favorites uh, against them. And like I said, you lay in a, you know, minus 220 uh, money line. You'd be even laying, a, you know, around the dollar fifty on the regulation line here. So uh, I think Florida takes care of business. I think their offense will continue to roll against uh, what's been a, just an absolutely uh, dreadful season for, for Nashville right now. So if I had to play anything, it would be team total over, but I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, it actually looks like we've got some news to report here that Boston-Buffalo game may go on uh, and may yeah. be played as scheduled. The Bruins' uh, Twitter account, official Twitter account, said that the game is, as of right now at least, as of, as of when we're recording this show after 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, this game is going to take place as scheduled. So we will break it down then. Uh, in that case, uh, and yeah, there's the, no uh, no uh, morning skate or practice, but just the uh, you know after uh, a, one player was uh, positive case for COVID, but they said the game is still scheduled to go on. Yeah, plus and sometimes and also it might have been a false positive. We don't know, but with only yeah. one player, if it was indeed a, a, an accurate uh, positive test and it was legit, uh, even if it's just one player. You know, I guess both teams saying, you know what, we're going to cancel the game with one player testing positive. So I think that's the reason. Then we're at the time of the season now where it's condensed. They want to get these games in as many as possible. So uh, I think both teams are going to push forward with uh, maybe looking at getting that game in the uh, Bruins uh, and the uh, Sabres tonight. So that one looking like uh, it might still uh, take place tonight. So nothing for Alex with Nashville, Florida, but uh, me liking the uh, over a little bit for the full game and the Florida team total uh, over three and a half minus 110. Uh, next up, we have Chicago taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, we've got the uh, Bolts, obviously, as you would expect, a huge favorite here uh, in this game in the minus 240 to minus 250 range. The total six shaded to the over, uh, or actually right around even money across the board here. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, certainly uh, a team that uh, struggling again defensively. It's been basically the thing we've been saying about Chicago now for a few shows and a few games in a row. And we've bro- uh, talked about the Blackhawks on this uh, Ice Guys show that their defensive game is coming loose and apart at the seams a little bit, giving up more chances, giving up more goals. I don't think the goaltending from Kevin Lankinen in particular has been quite as good as he was earlier in the season. Uh, and obviously that's going to be uh, a concern here uh, against Tampa Bay because we just saw the Blackhawks and the Lightning play, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, played three in a row in Chicago, and Chicago couldn't keep Tampa Bay from scoring uh, in that game. You definitely got to be concerned about that if you're the Blackhawks. Tampa Bay, though, I'm telling you what, their, their, their attention to detail and their defensive game has been kind of not consistent the last few games. If you've watched the Lightning, you know, they've given up goals. They've given up chances. And look what happened the other night against Dallas. They have a three-to-one lead. They can't hold the lead. The Stars strike for two late goals uh, in the third period to tie the game 3-3. And Tampa Bay basically needs to rescue uh, that game in uh, overtime to get the victory against the uh, Dallas Stars the other night. So uh, definitely some concerns about the defensive play lately for Tampa Bay as well. And 
you know, Chicago is still offensively extremely capable with the lineup they put out there on a night in night out basis. So uh, what I'm looking at here is the total and, and thinking this game goes over the total. I'm a little surprised we got a six here, to be honest with you in this game. Think about how way back in the first week of the season, these teams opened the season playing each other in Tampa. The totals were six and a half there. And I thought given the way Tampa Bay, you know, has been, not quite as sharp defensively lately, but still scoring. And certainly the way Chicago has fallen off defensively, and we've seen them kind of trend to the over uh, in recent games. I thought we could see six and a half here. We didn't. And I love that because I think there's great value now over six here, minus 110 with the Blackhawks and Lightning. Uh, Alex, how do you see this one going? Chicago and Tampa Bay. Yeah, I've seen uh, even as well as even money for a, a good price on that over six. I like that as well. Like you said, you know, Chicago's defense has fallen off. Lincoln and starting to seem a little bit fatigued, and it's not all his fault. It's, you know, those blue liners in front of him that aren't clearing the puck well, uh, getting caught out of position at times. The same thing we saw, like you said, at the very beginning of the year. Uh, and you look at Tampa Bay, they got their offense rolling, but their defense seems to be a little tired as well. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, he's going for his 10th win in a row. He's been sensational, but, you know, you wonder if they're riding him, uh, you know, as heavy as they have. Think about in the last calendar year, uh, the amount of hockey this guy has played uh, and the fact that, you know, McElhaney turned in that clunker on Monday afternoon. So they're going to have to ride Vasilevsky a little bit more. And you wonder if he's going to start to wear down, too. So uh, both, you know, teams having defensive issues and good offenses, uh, like I said, even money price at, at six is a, a good play. Yeah, and, and uh, Basilevsky's had an amazing season, no question, but not lately. I mean, you've got to look at the shorter term and the current form, and Basilevsky's not been as uh, not been the brick wall, you know, the last few starts that he was earlier in this. He's still been good, but he's not been lights out. He's not been completely shut you down good uh, like he was early in the season. So be careful with that. His overall season numbers, Basilevsky, are still terrific, but I think in the last, you know, four, five, six handful of starts that we've seen from Vasilevsky. He's been not dominant by any stretch of the imagination. So I think Chicago can get on the scoreboard. Certainly if we think Tampa Bay will find the back of the net here. And again, we saw the Chicago Tampa series just recently kind of trend over the total as well. And I think six, which I kind of wasn't expecting because I thought this could be six and a half, uh, but the six just uh, makes the over, I think a pretty good value laden bet here tonight uh, in this matchup between uh, the Blackhawks uh, and the Lightning. All right, moving on. We've got Columbus taking on Carolina. Uh, the Hurricanes, uh, as you would expect, uh, laying a big price here at home uh, in this one, uh, currently uh, around a minus uh, 220 in this one. Big price here, on uh, or minus 180, I should say, on Carolina here uh, in this one. Total five and a half pretty much across the board here. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, I'll tell you what, uh, if there's one thing that's going to get a team refocused in a hurry, probably losing your last game to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and I would expect that to be the case here for the Carolina Hurricanes. Losing, of course, 4-2 uh, the other night uh, against Detroit. Uh, Rod Brindamore saying we were, couldn't stay out of the penalty box. It was really a, a bad game from a discipline standpoint. The, they were on the penalty kill, it seemed, most nights. Detroit took advantage of those uh, a couple of times with some power play opportunities. Uh, the Hurricanes, of course, still uh, dealing with Vincent Trocheck. Uh, out of the lineup. That's definitely been uh, a concern for them uh, in recent games. I like the spot here, though, for Carolina. They are an ex they are excellent off a loss. They have been outstanding following a defeat this season, and they're 10-2 and two playing at PNC Arena here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I mean, this has been a, a place where the Hurricanes have played really well this season. Uh, I'd expect more of the same era. It's just hard to you know, take have a lot of faith in this Jackets team right now. Uh, not able to string together any kind of consistency whatsoever. Uh, their defensive game is just not exactly at all what it was last year. Uh, we've seen them struggle to give up goals. We've seen Jonas Corpusalo not play as well uh, this season for the Jackets as well going into the, and it's continued uh, as of late. Uh, they're coming off the uh, games against the uh, Dallas Stars uh, over the weekend, uh, where I think uh, Dallas uh, got. Uh, the better of them uh, in the last game between those two teams. Uh, you're seeing them have to really rely too much on the power play. They're five on five. Uh, offense has had trouble. And now they're facing a guy in Alex Nedeljkovic here in net for Carolina. He's won four straight starts. Believe he's given up two goals or fewer in, in all of those starts. He has been really on his game. Uh, uh, pinpoint uh, right now with the way he's playing in between the pipes uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes right now. 
like I say, I actually think more. I actually think this Carolina team's a little bit better with Nadelkovic right now uh, than they are with James Reimer, who we've talked about many times before. I think the more he's been starting these games in the absence of Morozik, it's kind of given teams more of an, a, a, a gauge of what, where his weaknesses are, uh, and they've been able to exploit uh, Reimer a little bit. Not as much with Nadelkovic. I think his game has been rock solid uh, in net. So I like the fact that he's in for them. Columbus is struggling offensively and defensively, to be quite honest with you. Uh, they just haven't been able to keep the puck out of their own net at anything close to what they did last year. Carolina off the loss to Detroit back home. They've been great on home ice this year. So my bet is Carolina in regulation here. Uh, you can get that at minus 115 uh, in a lot of spots. A very, very reasonable price. Canes in regulation, I think. Good way to go here in this one. Alex, what's your thoughts with the uh, Jackets and the Canes? Up. Uh, Alex, you're muted. Oh, there you yeah, go. sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to uh, go one step ahead with uh, the play you like. I like Carolina as well, but I'm going to go puck line uh, with them. You get it plus $1.35 or plus $1.40. Like I said, they're playing very well at home. Uh, Nadekovic, you know, he's definitely one of those those goalies that, you know, uh, I have ranked higher amongst those second string, third string goalies. I think, it's, you know, he's supposed to be their goalie of the future in, in Carolina, and he's looking like it right now. He's had one four in a row, uh, giving up two goals or fewer in each of those starts. So this is definitely a spot uh, where the Hurricanes, you know, should be able to take care of business at home. And, you know, Columbus, like I said, seems like they might be going into a bit of a free fall of their own. They're, you know, been just kind of back and forth. But, uh, you know, this could be the run of, of maybe a, a few losses that could possibly take them out of that playoff positioning uh, if they don't get things uh, straight down in a hurry. So this is, uh, I think, a good spot here for Carolina, line up with a kind of a bad spot for uh, Columbus. So I'll go with, with the Hurricanes puck line. All right, like in Carolina here on the puck line, Alex B. Smith in this one against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. You'll remember uh, these teams played each other earlier this season here in this building, and it was, I think, a 3-1 lead for Columbus early in the game and that was about it for the good vibes for Columbus as Carolina ended up coming all the way back and just rolling from that point on and winning seven to three so uh, definitely bad memories uh, of playing in this building earlier this season for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets who have definitely uh, underwhelmed uh, quite a bit this season you know you're talking about a team that's in playoff bound uh, each of the last two seasons and now they're looking like a team that may be hard-pressed to get back there uh, this year. Uh, they're at the point now in the season, they're going to have to go on some kind of run if they're going to get into the uh, playoff uh, picture uh, in a very, very tough uh, division as well uh, in the Central. So uh, not going to be easy for Columbus. Tough sledding uh, for them uh, the rest of the way right now. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 155 to minus 160 home favorites here. Uh, the total five and a half in this one. Uh, I can't say that the Flyers are exactly a team that you're exuding a boatload of confidence backing right now, especially as I mentioned yesterday on Twitter in that debacle against the New York Rangers. I mean, that's one of the worst losses you'll see in years, not just this season, but nine, nothing. And just one miss one gaff defensively and breakdown and poor goaltending and giveaways and just haphazard horrendous puck management. It was the whole gamut of what you don't do defensively to win a hockey game from the Philadelphia Flyers last night uh, against the New York Rangers. 9 nothing whipping at the hands of the Rangers last night. Uh, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott both are in struggle mode right now. Uh, they have really had a tough time. They're both fighting the puck right now. And the fact that Alain Vigneault, you know, had to go into last night's game and play both of those goalies, that's something that really does concern you a little bit too. Uh, going into this game because you are hoping that Elliot starts, Elliot finishes, and you've got a rested and ready Carter Hart tonight uh, in this game uh, against the Islanders. But that's not the case. You played both now uh, last night in the game against the New York Rangers. So definitely uh, worry about that. I do worry about the Islanders a little bit too. I mean, we did see uh, them come up short against the Washington Capitals. They didn't play a very good game at all that night against Washington. It was one of the worst games we've seen the Islanders play uh, in quite some time. And an Islanders team that's, you know, got some key absences themselves. Of course, none more than Anders Lee, their captain, uh, who is, of course, going to be out for the rest of the season uh, in this one. Um, we're going to have to wait and see how this uh, goes for them. For me, I'm going to, uh, this is not at all a confident play, but this is just a team that you would hope has a little bit of pride. An Islanders team that's got enough concerns right now uh, in terms of 
you know, losing their captain, uh, being a team that I think at this point in time may start to turn in the other direction, at least for a few games. So again, not confident with the way that things have gone for Philly, but given the situation of just how horrendous that loss was for them, you'd think they fire back with every fiber in their being tonight. Doesn't guarantee it's going to be enough to win, but I did sprinkle a small bet for me on Philadelphia plus 140 tonight uh, against the New York Islanders. I mean, this is where you would like to hope that with a Giroux and a Voracek, you know, Konechny, Van Riemsdyk, you know, you've got a veteran group here, Couturier, a veteran group here on this team that takes some pride and some, uh, and and definitely takes uh, ownership, I guess you could say, of just getting absolutely embarrassed last night against the New York Rangers. So for that reason, I do think they bring it tonight. We'll see if it's enough for the win. I took a shot. I rolled the dice here. Philly plus 140. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Flyers, Islanders. I mean, that game last night was just absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, we all were able to cash in on it, thankfully. But, uh, you know, he like said this, it's a historic, historically bad performance uh, from the Flyers. And to turn right back around the next night and have to play a game, I know some people probably say, oh, that's probably a good thing. They can just completely put it out of their mind, uh, you know, and, and, and just start over fresh right away. But I, that's a, a bad enough loss. And now you're playing a team that's even more sound defensively uh, in the New York Islanders who have yet to lose a game at home in regulation 12-0-2. Uh, I took a shot here with uh, the Islanders in regulation at plus a dollar five. Uh, I just don't see where the, the Flyers are going to be able to come back. Like I said, the goaltending's been shaky, and the fact now that they have to turn back to Carter Hart, who we know his numbers on the road are not as good as his numbers at home. Uh, I think this is definitely a spot where I think the Islanders, even with the absence of Anders Lee, this might be as you mentioned often, when, you know, top players get hurt, guys step up a little bit. I think we see uh, you know a bit of a, of a step up game for the offensive. Uh, forwards for this Islander team. So they should be able to take care of business tonight in regulation against Philly. All right. Liking the Islanders in regulation, Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy just gave me the word. Bruins and Sabres are on, so uh, he's working. He's got to cover that, so he won't be on our show today. But he did send us his plays. I'll just let you know what he's on of the games we've talked about so far. He is on the over in the first period and the full game for the Chicago-Tampa Bay game. So that's over one and a half first period or six for the full game. He's also on those same two plays one and a half and over five and a half full game with Columbus uh, and Carolina. Uh, and Jimmy uh, also likes the Flyers in the first period tonight against the New York Islanders, but he likes the draw at, at over plus 300 uh, for the full game tonight. So Flyers first period, Flyers Islanders draw uh, at, uh, for the, uh, for the uh, Flyers and Islanders game tonight. Oh, and he also likes the uh, Florida team total over three and a half uh, minus 110, which I'm also on. Uh, that one as well. All right. Speaking of Boston Buffalo, here it is. It's Boston and Buffalo. The game is back on. We start looked earlier today. It sounded like uh, this game was going to get postponed and not end up being played. And now it looks like it's game on in Buffalo in the first game after the dismissal of Ralph Kruger uh, as head coach of the Sabres. And now you get Don Granado uh, taking over, at least in the interim role. Obviously, we're going to see how the rest of the season finishes, and I guess general manager Kevin Adams will go from there and decide whether Don Granado gets the job permanently or whether they go outside the organization and hire someone else. But nevertheless, the coaching change that we felt was imminent with just how pathetic things have been uh, going for the Buffalo Sabres, losing 12 in a row, that you figured it was going to happen, and it has. And now you've got the uh, Boston Bruins, obviously here, massive, massive uh, favorites here in that minus uh, 260 the minus 280 range, even in some spots, depending on where you look here. Huge road favorites uh, in this game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Going to be interesting to see how it goes here uh, in this one, because I'll tell you what, Boston, talk about a team that's having a hard time winning by margin right now. Can they do it against Buffalo? They, they Sure, they could. They probably should. But boy, oh boy, I mean, Boston is not winning games against anybody easily right now. I mean, you go back to some of these games where they played, you know, they get shut out by the Rangers. They have they have to struggle past the Penguins. Remember, they lose to the New Jersey Devils as well recently uh, in a home game that they played. Um, I, I, I usually almost always knee-jerk, and not just knee-jerk to betting the first game with the on the team with the new coach, but usually it's, a, it's one of my stronger bets of the card. I, I just can't feel that way right now about the Buffalo Sabres. It's been that poor. It's been that much of a circus. The, de the defense and the goaltending from Hutton and Johansson hasn't been very good. 
I certainly lean Buffalo, and I think I probably will sprinkle on, I don't know about the money line and win the game, but you know, even plus one and a half goals on Buffalo, which is at a minus, you know, 120 type price, you know, just maybe that bet to keep the game close, not get embarrassed, show a little bit of fight and competitive spirit and gumption and all of that, which has been missing from the Buffalo Sabres. I will say this about the game that they, that we all cashed in on. Alex had New Jersey in regulation against Buffalo the other night. So did I. Sabres played pretty good. For Sabre standards, they played pretty well in that game. They lost three two, but they actually carried the play in a bunch of in a lot of that game. For a lot of that game, uh, they actually outshot the Devils uh, in that game, and it was a much better game than that absolute stink bomb and the laying of the egg that they had the night before against Washington uh, when they got shut out six nothing at home. It was a much also much harder performance. I saw guys pushing back, getting in scrums, showing a little passion. Uh, on the ice, which I think has been lacking for Buffalo. You're seeing even Taylor Hall uh, and uh, Jeff Skinner, you know, getting in scrums after the whistle, which uh, tells you this team's trying to pump them up emotionally, get something uh, to get them going. Uh, and because um, hockey's a game of emotion, it's a game of intensity, it's a game of passion. And, and quite honestly, we haven't seen enough of that from the Buffalo Sabres when they've been uh, losing. But we saw a lot more of that against New Jersey. Now, you're not playing New Jersey now. You're playing a much better Boston team. But again, Boston's having a tough time finding the or finding the back of the net consistently. And they're having a tough time winning games by margin. So I'll probably sprinkle on the Sabres puck line plus one and a half. I don't know if I've got the uh, guts to go full bore with the money line. But I actually would lean with maybe taking a small shot. Again, small shot. This is a bad hockey team. But I think with Don Granato in his first game behind the bench after the firing of Ralph Kruger, you could see that boost, at least for one game. I don't think it's probably sustainable. And it might wear out. Hell, even with Daryl Sutter, you know, with Calgary, they had their first really bad game last night since he got there. So you get that little short-term boost. But you know you're going to lose games again, uh, even after you get rid of the coach. Uh, it's a question of tonight for tonight only. Could Buffalo rise up? Perhaps they can. Uh, so for me, I'm just going to go small uh, because Buffalo has been that bad. Uh, I don't want to put uh, uh, huge bucks in play with a team that's just been absolutely dreadful like the Sabres have. But given the situation and the exorbitant price we're getting, I'm going to sprinkle on Buffalo plus one and a half on the puck line and maybe a little on that money line too at this plus uh, 220 to plus 240 price. Yeah, I may be a masochist doing this, but uh, here we go. We'll take a chance here with the Sabres. Alex, what do you think here, Boston and Buffalo? Yeah, I want nothing to do with this game at all. And it's, I mean, you look at even Buffalo, I was looking at possibly looking at the team total under because they've scored two goals or fewer in nine of their last 10, uh, but they've got that now it, you get a one and a half price. Uh, so the books have adjusted to everything that you can uh, attack against Buffalo right now. Uh, like I said, Boston's not in the best form uh, to back at some of these high prices. Uh, even with a team total over, we know how they could kind of get into a defensive shell. They could easily win this game 2-0. So uh, I'm just staying away from it altogether. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, it's one of those games where it's for Boston, it's a huge price delay for a team that exactly hasn't been putting their foot down necessarily. And then on the flip side, uh, you've got the uh, Buffalo Sabres who just can't beat anybody and on a 12-game losing streak. But for me, look – I have no, I, I know I'm getting value with Buffalo, but again, value with Buffalo hasn't mattered a tinker's dam uh, in the last 12 games. So, but I'm going to take a shot. Let's go. Uh, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely take the, the uh, abuse and the criticism tomorrow on the show and on Twitter for you back the Buffalo Sabres. Are you nuts? I know I'm going to hear that if they end up, you know, losing like six, one or something tonight, but Given the situation and what we're dealing with here, uh, I'm going to take my chance. A little Buffalo plus one and a half and a little Buffalo money line here at plus 240. All right, Pittsburgh, New Jersey. Uh, we've got New Jersey here, or sorry, Pittsburgh, minus 150 to minus 160 road favorites. Total five and a half here, shaded to the over. This is a game that, this is my game I don't have a whole lot on. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's the side because they're off the loss to Boston. I, I, I think they can bounce back, but the Evgeny Malkin absence bothers me. He's been playing really well. Uh, lately uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins playing probably his best hockey of the season. So it's an unfortunate development, you know, that he's not going to be suiting up here for uh, the Penguins tonight. Uh, he left the game, taking a big hit from Jared Tenorti uh, in the uh, game the other night against the Boston Bruins, lower body injury, definitely out for tonight's game uh, against the Devils. Uh, he had been playing really well uh, for the, uh, uh, for the Penguins eight game point streak uh, before that injury uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, Teddy Bluger 
you know, is battling an injury. So they got depth issues coming into tonight at the center ice position. So that worries you a little bit. New Jersey beat Buffalo 3-2. Uh, I don't know if that's saying a lot, but they got a win. Uh, that, had snapped a, that snapped a brutal 11-game uh, uh, home losing streak uh, for the New Jersey Devils. So now they're looking to win two in a row at home. Uh, after beating Buffalo, but I don't know if I trust them. Even without Malkin, Pittsburgh is just such the superior hockey team, and they're coming off a loss to the Bruins the other night. So uh, I would expect them to play well. And sometimes, even though Malkin's not playing, what do you see? Sometimes everybody steps up, everybody collectively gets the job done, and you find a way to win even without one of your key players. And it's not like uh, they're totally parallel, uh, totally inept or totally incapable without Malkin when you've got Crosby and you've got Rust and you've got Gensel and you've got certainly more than enough to carry you through without Evgeny Malkin. He'll be missed because of the the great uh, level of play he's had recently, uh, but there's still definitely more than enough uh, scoring potential from the Penguins up front. It's just the center ice position you get worried. Their depth takes a huge hit without him there. But So for that reason, I'm staying off Pittsburgh. I lean that way, uh, but just a lean for me. Uh, pass overall on this game, not one I plan on getting involved in. Uh, with a bet uh, prior to puck drop. Alex, what's your thoughts here, Penguins and Devils? Yeah, I played uh, Penguins regulation minus ten this morning. And like I said, even with uh, no Evgeny Malkin and no Jared McCann as well, he's going to be listed out as, with an upper body injury. Uh, I still think they have more than enough firepower to take care of this New Jersey team. Like you said, they've been on an 11-game losing streak at home before uh, beating Buffalo, which, of course, we just talked about how bad Buffalo is. So that's not really writing uh, you know much home about anything. So uh, looking at Pittsburgh to get the win here, bouncing back from uh, what was a tough game. I mean, they ran to you know a, a hot goalie making his debut in Dan Vladar. We saw that big save that he had. He made, had 34 saves in total. So uh, I think you know this is going to be a, a, a you know it's a step down in class for Pittsburgh. They should be able to take care of this within 60 minutes. So Penguins in regulation minus a dollar ten. All right, Penguins in regulation, minus 110 for Alex. I think good news for um, New Jersey is Mackenzie Blackwood got back into good form the other night. Again, Buffalo, that's that's the only problem. You want to give them this praise and the, these accolades, you know, but Buffalo was the opponent. So you don't want to go overboard with that. But uh, it was good to see Blackwood play better because he had been going through a little bit of a funk, but uh, played one of his better games in the victory against the Sabres uh, the other night. We've got Detroit hosting Dallas uh, next up uh, on this uh, Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, currently right now, we've got uh, Dallas around minus 175 to minus 180 uh, road favorites in this game. The total five and a half shaded to the under. I like Dallas in regulation here. I'm going to trim Dallas down to regulation. I know I was against Dallas. That's actually Dallas has been kind of nice to me the last few games. I was on them against Columbus. They per, they prevailed in that game. I went against them with Tampa, not really because it was anti-Dallas. It was more Tampa Bay lost to Nashville. Expected them to bounce back against the Stars, and they did. They blew the lead, but they uh, got it done uh, after that uh, in overtime. Uh, but I still like the way Dallas is starting to trend a little bit. You know, they've got Alexander Radulov back. They're going to have Tyler Sagan back soon. Their offense is starting to get things going a little bit. And I like the kid Jake Ottinger in that. I think he's done a pretty solid job. He's been kind of like Nadelkovich in Carolina. You talk about these young goalies that have kind of stepped up and put their uh, best foot forward and given them their team a chance to win uh, on a night, night in, night out basis. Um, and Jake Ottinger's done that here for the Dallas Stars. I think he's played solid hockey uh, for this group. Uh, Dallas is definitely looking like a team that realizes, hey, it's time to make a push now after kind of a bumpy start. They've had starts and stops. They've had COVID issues. They've had, the, remember the issue in Texas where they had the huge uh, you know, power issues uh, because of the storm there, and that threw off their schedule for a little bit. Uh, so they've just had a lot to deal with, and now it seems like now finally all of that is behind them, and they're starting to get healthier as a hockey team. And it's really impacting them positively uh, in terms of results here uh, going into this game. So, again, this team's still got a long ways to go, but you definitely like the steps in the right direction they're making. Uh, Detroit, you know, let's give them credit because, you know, they're still at the bottom of this division, but they're not exactly playing like a complete and total bottom feeder. You know, they've had uh, four games so far on this current homestand, two and two, including a win against Tampa and a win against Carolina. Uh, in their last game. So let's give the Red Wings credit for that. But here's the problem with Detroit. Where's the evidence of them stringing a win streak together? 
Where is it for the Detroit Red Wings? It's just, you don't see it very much. Uh, I know Dylan Larkin, uh, he's been uh, very good. He had two assists in the, in the in the game the other night, four points for him uh, in the last four games. His return has been significant. Robbie Fabry, you know, has really made an impact up front lately for the Red Wings as well. And Bernier actually has been the better goalie lately, and he played uh, the other night in the win against Carolina. You would think Jeff Blaschel's got to go with Bernier again because right now he's been flat out better uh, than uh, Thomas Grice uh, in between the pipes for the Red Wings. So does he go with Bernier? It wasn't confirmed the last I looked, check, time I checked. It is Ottinger for Dallas. Regardless of that, I still think Dallas is the side I would go with here, but I like it in regulation. I'm obviously not going to lay the big price, but Dallas in regulation here, which is I uh, get that down to about minus 115 or minus 120. Uh, I definitely think the Stars can find a way to get this job uh, done in this victory within 60 minutes. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Stars and Red Wings. Yeah, just a lean with Dallas in regulation. It's not not going to make my official card. Uh, like I said, the, you know, the Dallas team is still kind of hesitant for me to trust them. Uh, back in them and even, you know, still got to lay a, a slight bit of a price here. But uh, like I said, you know, there's no way to bet Detroit right now. Uh, the only way you can look at them is fading. I might look to play this in game. Detroit has kind of hung on a little bit early in, in first periods. Both these are lower scoring teams. So you might be able to get a better adjusted price, excuse me, on Dallas, uh, you know, money line uh, for the full game. Uh, but but I wouldn't talk anyone out of playing Dallas in regulation. All right. Maybe the game of the night here uh, with the way these two teams are going. Uh, Minnesota Wild, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this should be interesting here. Pepsi Center uh, in Denver, the Mile High City, and Colorado minus 150 to minus 155. Uh, home favorites here, the total five and a half across the board. And boy, I mean, Colorado getting some reinforcements. Finally, it looks like at the right time, just in time to face the Minnesota Wild, particularly on defense. Looks like Bowen Byram's going to be back. And in even bigger news, it looks like Kale McCarr uh, is going to be back tonight. For the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, big news for them. Uh, much uh, healthier uh, blue line now, uh, uh, one through six. Uh, and two guys that, look, the one kid is only 19 years old, Bowen Byram, and he's already a guy that was desperately missed by the Colorado Avalanche. He's already, you know, in the first few games and the first taste of NHL uh, hockey that he got of his career, I was impressed with the way he played. Uh, and now he's going to be back now for the Avalanche tonight, along with Kale McCarr. The Avalanche have some of the most gaudy advanced numbers of any team in the NHL. The, the chances they're generating are off the chart. They're generating a ton of high-quality, high-danger chances. Their expected goals for margin is through the roof. And equally impressive is their expected goal margin against and the high-danger chances that they've surrendered. They haven't given up much, uh, this Colorado team. So they are really, not only are they playing well on the ice, but they're their profile, their statistical profile, their advanced statistical profile, the high danger chances, the Corsi, the, the, the expected goal percentages and margins, they're all amazing. They jump off the page at you for this Colorado Avalanche team right now. I'm certainly not in a rush to go against them. However, we do have to pay some deal of respect to the Minnesota Wild uh, and what they've been able to do. And I'm sure I'm not ready to lay a price against this team right now, the way they've played. Uh, just terrific. Uh, Carson Soucy, by the way, suspended a uh, one game for a hit on Connor Garland Tuesday night, so he won't be in for the uh, Minnesota Wild. He's a depth defenseman, uh, but still will be missed. Marcus Foligno remains out as well uh, for the Wild, but still found ways to beat uh, an Arizona team that just is completely putrid right now offensively. I mean, you talk about a team that's had trouble scoring. Uh, Arizona is your poster child of that right now. Uh, at this point in time, this is a great game. This is not one I'm planning on having a huge opinion on from a betting perspective. Um, I'm just going to sit back, watch. I like the way both teams are going right now. The one thing that concerns me about Minnesota is they had an opportunity to step up and beat a really good team on the road, and they failed the last time they had that chance. They had Vegas twice at T-Mobile Arena. They coughed up the game in the third period, and the first time they played the Golden Knights and lost. And then in the second game, Vegas woke up saying, hey, we didn't play well for the first two periods. They almost beat us. And then when Vegas played a much better 60-minute game, it was too much for Minnesota in that 5-1 game. Now, Minnesota's been rolling at home. I mean, they beat Vegas twice at home. They beat St. Louis. Uh, they beat Arizona. Uh, Minnesota's getting it done at home. 
But I still remember in the back of my mind, Alex, the two road games in Vegas, and they came up short in those games. And now they're playing a game against Colorado on the road. Colorado's every bit as good as Vegas, if not even a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to need to see it from the wild here on the road tonight. Great game to watch. Nothing on it for me from a betting standpoint, though, pregame. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Wild avalanche. I'm going to be playing this in-game, but I lean with the over five and a half here. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the Wild, yeah, that step up in class against Vegas was a, a bit rough for them. But the last time they played in this building, uh, they won six to two against Colorado. And this is an avalanche team that, you know, for all their, their offensive numbers and like, so their advanced metrics being solid, they still have some issues getting off to a good start. I mean, they, you know, gave up those four goals against Anaheim in the first period. We've seen them have to come back against some some weaker teams or lose outright at home against some weaker teams. So uh, I think this is a wild team that's in good form. Obviously, they've won five games in a row. Uh, like I said they're not, you know, scoring, you know, lights out like they were in their last winning streak about a month ago. Uh, but they're still getting solid defense. They're getting great goaltending from both uh, Kakinen and Cam Talbot. Talbot will be the starter tonight. Uh, so I can see this one going back and forth. I, I think there's going to be a lot of, of, of good spots to grab in-game, uh, next to goal props or something. I, I'd cash in a lot with the Wild and uh, Colorado on this season as well. So that's where I'm going to be attacking from. But if I had to play anything pregame here, it would be the over five and a half. Yeah, Adrian Dater's a guy that uh, does a lot of work with Colorado. Uh, he's followed them for years. And he wrote a good article that there's people concerned about – Grubauer, by the way, is in net tonight for Colorado, and that's why I'm bringing this up here. People are concerned that they're going to wear Philip Grubauer out because he played a lot last year. He's playing a lot this year. But he made a good point in the article that I read just yesterday that he's not facing a ton of shots nightly. Colorado is actually keeping the rubber away from him uh, pretty well. I mean, they, they don't give up more than 30 shots very often in, in games. And there's been a bunch of games Colorado's given up fewer than 20 shots on goal uh, to their opponents. So, okay, he's going to be maybe playing in a lot of games. But it's not just how many games you play. It's the intensity of the, the, the activity of the goaltender in those games. And if you're going to face a fewer number of shots and the Colorado blue line is going to do a better job of protecting the goalie and making sure he doesn't face, you know, as many high danger chances and shots on goal, it's going to keep him fresher. You know, all of a sudden him playing 50 games, you know, is not so much as say, I don't know, Freddie Anderson or someone else, uh, another goalie, Carey Price, you know, playing 50 games if they're facing more shots. So you do have to keep that in mind. So it's always, it's not just always about the goalie's workload in terms of number of games, but going back and seeing the average number of shots and chances they're facing as well. It should be factored in to just how tired and fatigued a goalie might be. Uh, so just something to keep that in mind. It was a good point there in that uh, article that was written. Uh, all right, next game, as we go on down the uh, card, we've got just a couple of games left here. We've got the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Edmonton about minus 135 to minus 140 uh, home favorites here in this game. The total six, six and a half, uh, depending on where you shop. Uh, I'm on over the total uh, in this game. Nothing for me from a side perspective, but it is going to be probably, I know for Winnipeg, it's not confirmed yet, but it will be Brossois. I'm absolutely confident in saying that after Hellebuck played last night in the overtime win uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. It's now eight straight games over the total uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And you know what I say with these teams that get on these over streaks or, or total streaks of any kind, you ride the streak or you don't bet the game or you don't bet the total in this case. So I like the over here in this game. He also, again, Brossois has been good, but I think Edmonton now with getting that, they were struggling to score. Like Thatcher Demko stood on his head uh, in the first game. Uh, or in the game against Vancouver over the weekend that Edmonton lost. In the first of the two games against Calgary, Edmonton had their chances, but I thought Jacob Markstrom was fantastic in the 4-3 Calgary win. Finally, with all the good chances Edmonton was getting, the floodgates opened for them last night in that blowout win against the Calgary Flames. And finally, you saw Nugent Hopkins scoring, Connor McDavid scoring, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you, Darnell Nurse from the blue line got a goal. I mean, everybody was chipping in for Edmonton. And I think now getting that kind of confidence offensively back in their sails again, after that big time win against Calgary, that offensive confidence, momentum, and that flow can carry over to tonight here against the Winnipeg Jets. So let's be honest, they're still giving up a ton of chances, Winnipeg. I mean, they're very fortunate. Hellebuck was good late in the third period and in overtime last night to get the victory against Montreal. Uh, we'll see how it goes here. But on the flip side, you've got 
potentially Miko Koskinen in net after Mike Smith played last night for Edmonton. And you know how my, you know, how I feel about the way Koskinen's played this year. Not very good. So I think Winnipeg's got the chance to contribute to the offensive onslaught tonight in this game as well, because I do project a Brossois Koskinen goaltending battle. So over the total for me, uh, there, I got a si over six at minus 120. I don't think there's many sixes left now. So it's six and a half, I think, at most places. But I'd still recommend it even at the uh, six and a half number uh, over the total. Just again, with this Winnipeg team, eight straight overs. If it ain't broke, don't fix it for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Jets taking on the Oilers. Yeah, I'm going to wait in game to try to grab a better price with that that total. I like I like the over, but six and a half is a little steep. Uh, like I said, I think we'll be able to get a better adjusted number. If you got to attack it early within the first five minutes of that period, uh, we might be able to find that six that we saw it open at uh, land, you know, around the dollar twenty, dollar twenty five. I think that's a little bit better just for, for safety's sake. But like you said, you can't, uh, you know, go against this, uh, you know, totals run right now with Winnipeg. And even with Edmonton, uh, they're a high scoring team. And when they said McCoskin and Danette, they're more susceptible to giving up goals on the other end. So uh, I think this could be a back and forth game. So I like the over, but I want to try to get a, a little bit of a better price in game. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because Alex has said this and it's absolutely true. You get a game like this, Say it's no score into, you know, 10 minutes or less remaining in the first period and it's still scoreless. You're going to guaranteed get a five and a half on the live in-game total. And if it goes on scoreless even a little longer than that toward the la very latter stages of the first period, you could even get a four and a half with the live in-game total. And so if you're always worried about, I don't know if I want to take an over in this particular game at six and a half, that's your strategy. Wait it out. Hope for a scoreless first 10 minutes, first 15 minutes, maybe even an entire scoreless period uh, of the game and go from there. And then then that's when you jump in with that live over. Uh, that's definitely a strategy that makes sense. It's a strategy that's worked a lot. There's been a bunch of games where maybe it starts slow and then it opens up completely. Uh, so maybe we get that here tonight with uh, Edmonton taking on Winnipeg. Uh, by the way, Cam Talbot, not Kapo Kakinen in net tonight for the Minnesota Wild. So that was just uh, announced about uh, 30, 40 minutes ago. So uh, be aware. But he's been good lately again, Talbot. And I think Talbot senses that, hey, we're splitting starts now, Kakinen and Talbot. I need to be on my game if I want to get the net. You know, if Dean Evison's going to give me the net, I'm going to have to play well because Kakinen right now has just been outstanding. And I think Talbot sensed that. There's a sense of urgency to match what Kapo Kakinen is doing right now for the Minnesota Wild for this, for Cam Talbot. Uh, so it is Talbot tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild, uh, who will be in between the pipes uh, in that one. Uh, let me just go back. Bobrovsky for Florida, Vasilevsky for Tampa. We knew that. Corpusalo, Nadelkovich in the Columbus-Carolina game. Jari and Blackwood for the Pittsburgh-New Jersey game. Uh, we have no goalie confirmations yet for the Flyers-Islanders or for the Bruins and Sabres. Uh, and uh, nothing for Detroit yet, which is par for the course. Uh, they've been wait last minute uh, Nellies lately, Detroit announcing who the starting goalie is. Uh, so Koskinen for Edmonton, not confirmed for Winnipeg, but I'm sure it'll be Brossois, Talbot, Grubauer, Minnesota, Colorado, which leaves us our final game now on this uh, Thursday card, Arizona Coyotes, Anaheim Ducks. We've got Arizona, can't put a puck in the ocean right now, laying a buck 35. Uh, in this game, 30 minus 130, minus 135 on the road, total five and a half shaded to the under in this game. Uh, it's been rough for Arizona. I mean, their offense is just completely uh, fizzled. It's been non-existent. Uh, and obviously that's going to be what they hopefully can get back on track here. I'm going to be proactive though, and have a small bet over five and a half in this game, because this could be the spot to do it for Arizona. They're talking about it. They're focused on it. They say offense, we've got to get it going. We got to do a better job right now, uh, getting uh, higher danger chances, getting our four check going. They say too much one and done. We're not spending enough time uh, in the offensive zone right now. That's what Rick Tockett said after the games against Minnesota, where they were just completely uh, shut down in those games by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, look, Anaheim's struggling and hemorrhaging goals big time. We've talked about this team defensively right now. Just It's not very good uh, at this point in time. I mean, they've just uh, given up goals in bunches. The goaltending, John Gibson's worn down. Ryan Miller's been pretty bad, too, in the games he's been in that. And it looks like it is going to be Ryan Miller tonight for the Anaheim Ducks. Good on Dallas Akins for doing that because Gibson needs a rest. He needs a blow. He needs a 
a couple of days just to get, you know, to catch his breath because he's done everything in his power to try to carry the Anaheim Ducks this year. And he's just been worn down and he's played like it a little bit in these last few games. So it will be Ryan Miller in net for the Coyotes. Of course, they continue to be uh, dealing with their own goaltending injuries. And we could be seeing Aiden Hill, not confirmed yet, but projected to be the goalie tonight for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. You know, Anaheim is scoring uh, a little bit more as of late. But again, like I've said, their defensive game minus Hampus Lindholm has really, really suffered. Uh, Gibson has worn down a little bit and not been as sharp uh, as of late because of the workload. And it's Ryan Miller tonight, and he's his numbers haven't been very good this season at all uh, in a backup role uh, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So I think it's a very, very value-laden, proactive thought process here to go over the total. It's five and a half. It's plus, you know, 110, plus 115. There's even some plus 120s out there on this over five and a half here with the uh, Coyotes and the Ducks. Maybe Arizona's offense is just once again dormant tonight. But look, you played some pretty good defensive teams lately, right? Colorado, Minnesota, and Minnesota's getting excellent goaltending right now as well. That's not Anaheim. This should be a spot for Arizona. Time to find the back of the net at least a little bit. Give me the over here in this game at a plus price. Alex, what do you think here? Ducks, Coyotes. Yeah, you know, if it, if it is Aiden Hill and net for the Coyotes, I'm going to look at the first period over here because you can get even money. I think both teams will be able to get their offense rolling against these backup goalies. Uh, and these two teams that played each other, tight, as mentioned in the chat, you know, Arizona's won three of the last four meetings with the Ducks, but they've all been won by one goal. Uh, so maybe you want to look at the draw potentially, but uh, I think we could see goals going back and forth if we have both backups in. Don't trust Aiden Hill or Ryan Miller to make a lot of big stops. So uh, I'm going to lean with that first period over, but I'll make it official uh, if it is Aiden Hill confirmed. So I'll, I'll put that on Twitter later today. All right, Alex might be jumping in on the first period over uh, in this game if indeed uh, Aiden Hill uh, not able to go tonight for the or if uh, Aiden Hill, I should say, is in uh, as the starting goaltender tonight for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. But uh, yeah, you've also got to factor in, you know, recent current form. Like when you see a team struggling to score like Arizona is, and then you look at the recent schedule and you see, wow, if actually while they haven't been scoring, they've played some upper echelon teams, particularly upper echelon defensive hockey teams, Minnesota, Colorado, and even further back. They've played some teams that are pretty decent in their own zone, good in their own zone. And right now, Anaheim, not very good in their own zone at all uh, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks right now. And Ryan Miller, the games I've seen him in, he's really been uh, scuffling. You know, he's, he's a little bit slow to react to the puck. Again, that comes with being becoming an older goalie like he is. Uh, and he's just, uh, you know, some of the shots have gotten through him a couple of times. So again, this is the, the door is open. The door is open for the Arizona Coyotes to say, to get their offense going. The door is open. You can move on through the offensive, uh, you know, green door, you know, what's behind the green door, hopefully some goals tonight uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, because certainly from a matchup perspective, this is going to be the best chance they're going to have in a while to get this stagnant offense back on track. All right, good stuff. A great uh, breakdown of the Thursday uh, NHL card. It looks like we do indeed have 10 games uh, on the card because it looks like the Bruins and Sabres are indeed going to play tonight or uh, and get their game uh, uh, on the ice uh, later tonight. So uh, look forward to that. 10 games overall. Uh, before we get to best bets, uh, to wrap up the show, just a reminder, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Uh, and when you do that, obviously, this is the time to do it. The NCAA tournament starts later this afternoon with the first four. Uh, tomorrow, uh, of course, is the uh, first round beginning. Uh, that's when you have 16 games tomorrow. You're going to have 16 more games on Saturday. Uh, so now there is no better time than ever. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. You'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get NCAA tournament incentives and specials, weekly specials, all kinds of stuff uh, that, and perks you get from downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, signing up with a brand new account there. And when you do, use the promo code THPN. All right, great stuff. It is time for Best Bets now on this uh, Thursday show. Did we have a sweep of Best Bets yesterday? I believe we did. Uh, yes, on we the did. Show yesterday, we did. A 3-0 sweep uh, of Best Bets. 
Jimmy with the Vegas team total over three and a half, which exploded in the third period to get us the winner there. Uh, we had Alex's Flyers Rangers over one and a half in the first period. And a, again, a thrilling winner for me with the Jets, who remain undefeated off a loss this season with their overtime win against Montreal. So 3-0 sweep with the best bets. We'll see what we can do for an encore on this Thursday card. Alex, what have you got lined up for best bet? I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins in regulation minus $1.10. I know uh, people are concerned with Malkin out, but I think, like I said, this, you know, you got Brian Rust. Uh, you know, you got Crosby, you've still got a, a ton of firepower and this is a, a devil's team that, you know, they were able to beat up on, on the lowly Sabres the other night, but they still have struggled, especially at home overall. So, uh, I think Pittsburgh gets the win bounces back from, from their loss. And I'm going to go with them in regulation as my best bet. All right. Pittsburgh in regulation minus 110 for, uh, Alex B. Smith with his, uh, best bet on this Thursday card. Uh, Jimmy Murphy did not, I believe, give, did he give us a best bet? No, he did not. No best bet for Jimmy, but I'll rhyme off the rest of his plays here. I already mentioned that he likes the first period and full game over Chicago, Tampa. He likes the first period and full game over Columbus, Carolina, Florida team total over three and a half. He likes New Jersey, El Diablo, uh, in regulation against Pittsburgh and the under, uh, five and a half in that Penguins Devils game. And the other one he likes is the under five and a half with Minnesota, and Colorado. Uh, so there you go. That's Jimmy's card. No best bet uh, from Jimmy. So it'll be just two best bets for today on this show. Uh, my best bet is going to be, um, I'm, I don't do team totals very often for best bet, but this, this one definitely stands out to me. Florida Panthers team total over three and a half minus 110. If it is indeed Pekka Rene uh, in net, which I would expect because he played well, of course, against Tampa. How many times have we seen this from him? He's amazing one game and he'll shit the bed the next game. Wouldn't shock me one bit to see Pekka Rene revert back into the mediocre goalie he's been the last few years. And this ain't the team you want to revert back into that type of goalie because the Florida Panthers are just rolling right now. They've scored four goals or more in a majority of their recent games. All they got to do is get to four and this team total cashes. I think it can. So let's go team total Florida Panthers over three and a half minus 110. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Thursday, March 18th NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition of the show. A reminder, if you can't watch us live on YouTube, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern, you can download the audio podcast version of the Ice Guys show. And uh, that is available, of course, on all major podcast platforms. We appreciate all your support. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in live or downloading the podcast and listening to us uh, during the day and getting the best betting insights seven days a week when it comes to NHL hockey right here on the ice, guys. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. 
More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.